Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. I am here with my co-host, JC. Hey, JC. Aloha. Aloha from New York. And I'm also here with our expert, John Rubino. Hey, John. Hey, Wendy and JC. You're a lot of fun. This this has been a great week. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you so much. This information is so, so valuable. I mean, it's such a complicated topic like we were were talking oh total cash compensation variable compensation base salary you know flsa holy moly this is confusing which is why we need an expert with you like you my question right off the bat is you know obviously and if anybody was listening to today saying you know what i need to do this i need to go to variable pay total cash compensation whatever you want to call it but i'm not sure we're ready for this I need to get my, you know, base pay house in order. And I'm sitting here shaking my head, say, yes, please. Yes, please. Where do they start besides just going to the Internet and finding out what their competitors are paying? Yeah, great question, Wendy. And again, we're giving you the highlights here. Obviously, there's so many details we don't have time to get into. But I think it's important to understand the overall strategy and methodology. Variable pay is keyed off of your base pay program. So you need to make sure first that you are satisfied with the competitive position that you are structuring all of your jobs into. And one of the first things you want to look at is job evaluation. Job evaluation is a way to assess internally What are the relative management values of all of your jobs in an array from high to low? We evaluate jobs by analyzing what are called compensable factors within those jobs. Compensable factors are elements of a job you're willing to pay money for, such as how much education is required, how many years of experience, how complex are the duties that are performed every day, how accountable is the job to some end result. There are hundreds of compensable factors. There are four primary job evaluation systems, and I don't want to get into a lot of detail. That's going to take too much time. But probably the most popular one is called the point factor system, where you end up with a total point value for all of the jobs after you analyze the compensable factors in each of the jobs. So at the end of the day, you have a hierarchy an array of all of your jobs from high to low, CEO at the top, janitor at the bottom, and all of the jobs in between that reflect the relative management value of those jobs to the company. That's part number one. Part number two is you need to go to the outside and do a market analysis on comparable jobs using salary survey sources. The reason it's important to do both, how you analyze a job internally will never be equated exactly to how the market actually pays that job. And the reason for this is very simple. Whenever we talk about the market, the market is pure supply and demand. 
The market is brutal. The market has no values. The market doesn't care about discriminating. The market doesn't care about equity. The market doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about me. Contrast that to your company. Your company has values. Your company doesn't want to discriminate. Your company wants to pay equitably. This is why how you perceive and evaluate a job internally will never be equated to how the market pays. Bingo. Yep. So after we do our internal evaluation, we do the rigor of our market analysis using market surveys. We need to reconcile the view of our job internally to what the market pays. That reconciliation can be done quantitatively by using tools such as regression analysis, or you can reconcile using your professional judgment. Ooh. That reconciliation. Go ahead, Jason. John, I think you'd also do it metaphysically with uh, astrology, right? And maybe. <laughs> no, like, no, no magical I, I, I have a star chart right <laughs> on my uh, office wall back here. You, yeah. And that's that's what the clients pay for. Yeah, no, no, no not at all. Hey, uh, by the way, though, while I got your attention, just real quick, a pay scale study found that 61% of employees who thought that they were paid less than the market rate said they plan to look for a new job, while only 39% of those who thought they were paid more than the market rate said the same thing. And SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, released a report in 2018 that said 92% of all employees said that the benefits are important to their general job satisfaction. Mr. John Rubino, back to you. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me cut in real Go quick ahead. here. I, I literally just uh, posted a, um, a podcast blurb on my other podcast today, uh, the HR lady. And, you know, it's just about the top 10 reasons why Americans quit their jobs. And the number one reason was because of pay. And it's not always... You know, I know from the HR world, it's not always the actual pay, it's the perceived pay because there's no pay transparency. And, you know, there's no, so there's people talking behind the scenes. And so you don't really know what's going on. My, my other question is regarding JC's stat about the benefits is where does, um, where do benefits all lie in this? Like with 401k, healthcare? I mean, you can't really have variable in that or can you? Oh, no. Matter of fact, I had a CEO years ago who said, John, I love when you talk about pay for performance and variability. Can we do that with our benefit programs? Can we give more health care to our top performers? Now, I had to stifle my laugh that he was serious with this question. I said, your intent is interesting because you want to be strategic, but no government on earth would ever allow that to happen. I'm imagining right now, John, like if I meet my metrics and exceed by 10%, I can get my teeth cleaned. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So you're intrigued by that also, just like my CEO. I understand that. But benefits is an entirely different realm, as we know. It's a one-size-fits-all. And, of course, benefits are important, but it's relative to the organization you're working for. I do a lot of work in high tech. They offer competitive benefits, but not rich benefits. Nothing to write home about, but they offset that in their total reward strategy with higher pay. As opposed to working for the government, let's say, where, you know, there's a lot of guarantee, there's richer benefits, but lesser pay. 
This right. is what we analyze strategically with all of our companies. What is the mix of all of these elements that we can use to motivate employees that is best aligned to the culture of the organization? Yeah, I love it. For one company is not going to work for another company. Right. You cannot and that, just and, and John, that, that's fair to say with everything, right? Any kind of company culture. And I say that all the time in my line of work, you know, don't copy your friend's uh, compensation plan just because you don't want to pay the expert to help you because you're going to you're going to screw it up. Small businesses, which are a great deal of our listeners, they are going to uh, face several challenges, which is understanding this, which there's no way. <clears throat> excuse me. Anybody's going to walk away from today's podcast and fully understand this. So call someone like John Rubino for help. But, you know, once they do understand this and they did, you you went in and helped them and did all the work. How do you explain it to the employees? You know, give us a in a couple sentences, an effective communication and implementation plan. Where do these businesses start when they have figured it all out and now are going to announce it? Sure. Excellent. You know, most companies, unfortunately, leave communication to the end of the day. You know, they spend a year designing these programs we're talking about and they say, oh, by the way, we have to communicate it. Big mistake. I always propose design your communication strategy in tandem when you're designing all the components of your total cash program, your total reward program. This serves two purposes. You're designing your program midstream and you build on it, which is always better than waiting to the end. Also, it helps to keep your design simpler because there's always someone at the table saying, how are we going to communicate that concept? And if you can't communicate it, then you need to go back to the drawing board and make your design more streamlined so employees will understand it. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, done that, where if um, not that I've designed a plan, but that I've walked into uh, clients and like, I don't understand your plan. I don't know how the average employee understands it because I'm the HR lady and I should know a little bit about this. So great advice to do it at the same time. And not only that is if you're doing a job evaluation, you got to be working with these employees to figure out what they do. They're going to be like, Hey, what's going on here? Why, why are you looking at my job? Are you looking to outsource it? And so you're going to help prevent a lot of drama, unnecessary drama and assumptions. And we know where assumptions leave. Um, if you're, if you're communicating from the beginning, this is what we're working at. This is what we're going to do. Um, my advice is to get an expert involved because communication is where everything always goes wrong. Um, and then on top of that, we have this super, super complicated, uh, concept of variable pay. And I think a lot of people do get confused of, of okay, can I, variate the benefits it's like no it's the money that goes into their bank account and the goals and and whatnot so with that said because we are out of time john what is the best way for our listeners to to find you oh i'm very easy to find i'm all over linkedin matter of fact they call me mr linkedin (laughs) all you have to die I, i kid you not I I got an email from LinkedIn five years ago that said, congratulations, you're in the top 5% of the most viewed profiles globally. Well, that's just the nature of what I do. Anyway, Rubino Consulting Services, 
Tap it into LinkedIn. I will pop up. More than happy to connect with you. That's how I keep in touch with all of you good people all around the world. My email address, Rubino Consulting at AOL.com. Yes, I'm still on AOL. I'm I'm married to AOL. That's the best way to get in touch. That is awesome. More than happy to talk to all of you. This has been so enlightening. I think we're going to need to have you back on another podcast soon. I would love it, Wendy. Thanks for listening, everybody, to our five-part series on successful uh, compensation programs. We hope this information has been helpful. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.